0: Hi, you're listening to Mystically Inclined with Fiona and Mo, a podcast featuring conversations that explore what it means to live in alignment. From the practical to the mystical, we're here to challenge our beliefs, learn from each other, and grow together. And have fun. And have fun.
1: Okay, on today's show, we have the one and only Vanessa Henry. We were so excited to talk to her. She was one of our original wish list
0: dream guests, and she mm-hmm. did deliver. She sure did. She is a healing arts practitioner and also has a lot of knowledge in feng shui and human design and all those fun things that we're obsessed with. Um, but what an interesting conversation. She's a cancer survivor and now works with a lot of people to kind of explore their environment and see how their environment can impact their health. So she dives into all of that in this episode, and it's absolutely fascinating. We loved it, and we
1: hope you will too. Here's Vanessa Henry.
2: (laughs) How are you guys?
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We are like honored.
2: Honored. Oh my God. Thanks for sending sending your info over before so I can like take a look at you energetically. I was like, that's cute. I love that. I ask that all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm like, you got to know that. So, what's been going on in each of your
2: lives right now? Oh,
0: how fun. (laughs) Well, we've been podcasting, which is exciting. Um, I quit my nine to five about two months ago or so. So just Exciting. transitioning, yeah, to like mommying more full time, but also pursuing this venture and like, you know, growing this and seeing where it's gonna
2: go and that kind of thing. More on the roof now. More on hmm. the
0: roof. Yeah.
2: So what has your roof journey been like? 36 oh, it's years been old? A lot wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's been pretty wild. There's just been a lot, especially like with the pandemic and everything. I had a, I've just had a wild three line part of my life. You know, I got married yeah. pretty young at 19, had two kids, got divorced, got remarried, had another kid, you know, started a business and the pandemic happened, shut the business, sold our house, like just a lot.
2: <laughs> totally. Totally.
0: And what about over in Mauritius <laughs> land? Hello.
1: <laughs> I have not quit my job, so I'm just doing the juggling fun of working and doing the creative, you know, more fulfilling ventures and now trying to mix in all the holiday excitement with everything and, you know, just feels like every week's a new busy week full of all kinds of stuff.
2: Well, I noticed that you're both light eaters
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and Mm -hmm. both indirect Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear about your experience experimenting with that and what you have kind of in common, because a huge part of, of um, the light color is feeding on inspiration sources and things mm-hmm. that illuminate you from within, whether you're direct or indirect. And so I was like, that's really cool that they have a podcast together and they feed on the same type of material in theory, you know? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So what, what is both your experience with that part of your variable arrangement?
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because I've done a lot of experimenting, especially like trying to eat at night and what difference does that make, and all that. And honestly, I didn't really resonate with all of that. I've always been an early riser, like early to bed, early to rise kind of thing. But I will say, Maureen and I met through working together. We did hair and makeup um, for ESPN, so we traveled all around. And while we were on Fun. set, yeah, doing like football games and whatever, that does not interest us even a little bit. Um, we would be diving into all of this stuff, human design and astrology, Ayurveda, yoga, like all of the things. So, um, I would definitely say the more taboo topics interest me for sure. I think Maureen too, she's a little more logical than I am. I think, yeah, (laughs) I would fly away.
2: A big part of my experience in kind of studying and documenting people's determination and how they're designed to feed, um, So much of the practical information that we get, such as you're an indirect eater, eat at night, people really don't connect with that when they first kind of come to that. And I find that it can be very almost off-putting to that part of the study, which is really too bad because it's such a, it's one of the, I think it's like the deepest area you can go in design once you kind of get into that and you're looking at your unique depths and arrangement, you know, we could have two identical pure generators, both the same profile, the same definition. But then as soon as we get below the surface and we see one's kitchens and we see one is valleys and we, it, that's when we start to see how different they are mm-hmm. and indirect is direct or indirect is one of the most evolved dietary regimens that we can have. And when I was kind of watching people in the beginning with this indirect, people really didn't connect with it direct people were like, okay, I eat in the day. Sure. Yeah, that sounds right. You know, it wasn't as off-putting. And as I started studying this part deeper and deeper and really looking at the concept of left, right, and the binary, I started like defined head things. You know, this is not how I would understand this. I identify as non-binary. This isn't feeling good for me to have to look at it this way. And actually it was this part of the study that helped me to realize I was non-binary when we were younger. I didn't really have that language around. And it doesn't mean I dislike my form or want to alter the way my form and my body looks. It's just that the spirited part of me feels more masculine, feels it resonates more with a masculine archetype. And I recognize I've got these tits and I've got, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. (laughs) I'm in this body. Um, And so as soon as I started to soften um, the binary, in my translations, I found people really started connecting with my work in a new way. Hmm. And the reason I started softening the binary was people would come to this part of the study, not realizing it was as deep as it was. And I would see they had a birth time that either ended in a zero or a five. And to me, that was a flag. As soon as I see a birth time like that, I challenge it. I'll I'll do some perimeter calculations. Let's do plus or minus 15, 10 minutes on either side. And let's just watch how the variable change. And people didn't necessarily know to do that. So they would have this rounded birth time that wasn't actually their birth time. And then they're seeing something like I'm indirect and, and they make these rules to what they think that means. And it just creates this friction in the experimentation that I don't think actually has to be there. And I started putting way more emphasis on just the color. So I called you light eaters, for example, instead of saying indirect or direct. And when we look at it from that perspective, I found people were really connecting with the kind of metaphysical, philosophical part of that translation more. And just by connecting with that, they opened themselves up then to experimenting with what it meant to be a light eater, direct or indirect. And so the emphasis I placed there, well, you're, you feed on illumination or darkness, but it's the same thing. You know, they can't exist without the other. And when you look at your life as two people who are indirect, yeah, the things that are like kept in the dark, um, sexual taboos or just the occult studies, even, you know, something that's not in the spotlight, but kind of outside. Um, is something that will really illuminate you, will really inspire you. So you always have this relationship to light. It's just the way you would ingest it and participate and build your life with it would look a little bit different. It's not that you're you, like, when you, ha- when you think about, I only am going to eat at nighttime. In theory, that's really great for you, but where do you live and when does nighttime start and how is your lifestyle designed? And many of us don't have these Um, really enriching nightlifes as we get older, maybe when we're young, you know, like maybe we go out and we're tying it on. But when you're thinking about what feeds me, when you start to expand your concept of nourishment and don't lean so heavily on what you put in your mouth and you start to open yourself up, well, I have these multiple spheres of wellness. I found that so many more people were getting curious about this part of the study and their depths as soon as it was looked at in a way that was de-emphasizing the actual food we put in our mouth, because we're so diet obsessed mm-hmm. as like a culture that mm-hmm. we, we, we create all these rules that ultimately harm us when we're experimenting. Cause if you're not ready to start experimenting with like eating at the, at nighttime, like that's not actually even what it would necessarily look like. You're still going to be hydrating and consuming small things in the day, but you may find that when the night comes, you get you, I come alive at night or when I'm watching that dark documentary, I'm so inspired, you know? So, well, it's so funny because (laughs) Maureen and I like, we're like, we eat
0: during the day and it's whatever, but like, we don't care about any meal until it's dinner time. My whole life revolves around like, what are we making? for dinner? What are we having for dinner? When is dinner served? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But I do notice too, that when I eat, I like to eat almost like passively. Like I like to be reading a book while I eat, watching TV, talking to people. Like I don't like to just sit in a quiet room and just like eat my food. It doesn't feel good.
2: Like never has since I was a child. This is a perfect example because you have passive brain Mm -hmm. and with a passive brain, that's what's making you indirect. So Mm -hmm. rather than really focusing on what we think the word indirect means, you've just, you've just spotlighted it for yourself. I can't actually consume anything unless I'm really inspired by something else going on around me, or I'm illuminated by something else going around me. Maybe it's this conversation. Maybe I'm reading this magazine and I'm snacking, but to just sit down and like, "Mm, mm, mm," it's not necessarily the way you ingest. Um, I have an active brain and I really didn't connect with it at first like wake up and eat. I was like, that makes me feel sick, like thinking about that. Oh, I don't know. And as I continued through my experimenting and deconditioning, that came online really strong for me in a way that was shocking. Like sometimes I would be woken up in the morning and I needed to eat right then and there. I felt like I was going to be sick. And sometimes it was just like I needed to drink, which as as somebody who's a sound eater, there's a lot of emphasis on the acoustic environment, you know. And in my experiments and studying, that's not really the whole thing. And in fact, I think that's misleading because that's so emphasized. It's about volume and volume is about amounts, you know, and how much, how full am I? Am I hungry? And I have found as I've gotten older and, and this has become such a part of my lifestyle that liquids are like a huge part of my diet, mm. like crushing water. Mm. Cause the way that volume fills me up is different. Even this morning, I had a smoothie this morning because it fills me differently. Mm. And, you know, we talk a lot about like breaking down the food for a thirst color, but I have found the further I've got when I'm wanting to feel really full, it's going to depend on my hydration levels the liquid content in the food, because think about ice cream and it melts and it gets in all the cracks and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. soups. And I've had to eat like that, which is not necessarily what my determination would translate to. So I kind of built my practice on studying the theory, but then over the years and working with people, um, the way my brain works will spot patterns. And I started just kind of documenting, 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 And I have a background in journalism. That was my, that was my trade. And um, as I started kind of categorizing and organizing things in that way, then sharing that, that's when I was like, maybe I have something else here. I might have more of a practice here. And people started uh, seeking me out for like a second opinion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and second opinion with their health. And as a second line, I didn't, that was kind of surprising to me. I have a, as a child, I was a cancer patient. And so I talk about that a lot as a six line, you know, this is part of my story. This is something that I went through. And so, because I do that, I read a lot of charts with people who had chronic illness, but specifically cancer or terminal illnesses, but specifically cancer. And I started to notice patterns in the orientation of people's variable and the types of illnesses they would get. So hmm. that and that is still being built. For example, there's I have these people who have these this rare um disease with some of their cells and they both have the same variable arrangement with where their second colors and tones are. So I'm like that's weird. It's oh, fascinating, yeah. Yeah. And then sure enough a third person comes same disease and these people are all telling me this is a rare disease. And I'm like, okay, I, you all have this same thing. And so this started for me with tracking tumor development in cancer patients and noticing where they were open in their body graphs, the way tumors behaved when the deaf, when the centers were defined or undefined was just different in a way that you could track it. Now doctors are not looking at a body graph, right? And so (laughs) I always felt like, where do I go? Like, how do I talk about this? So I just started talking about it online Mm -hmm. and that started attracting people to me for second opinions. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of found myself in this weird place now where I have to be, look, be like, look, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm somebody who studies this. I'm somebody who has experience with this. I'll be able to relate to you and that I went through things like this myself. And so I understand what you might be experiencing. I went through these types of treatments. And so I can hold a lot of space for the other in that way. And I find that's what they're attracted to that is. I can look them in the eye and go, I know what you're going through. And that's really scary. And just kind of be there for a bit. And then let me look at you another way. Let me look at the formless part of your experience. And usually in just talking with someone and hearing their story and then being able to see their depths in this way, I can make the recommendation like in a highly customized way. Let's experiment with this, 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 because we can see that this is what's good is going to feed you. And you're likely very malnourished right now. And we need to put you in an environment that's going to be like a womb and incubate you and help you heal because we can see you're not getting what you need right now. And it's very alternative. And then from there, um, after getting sick, I was called on a shamanic path, which is kind of like this health discovery. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of shamanic healing, which is to kind of work with people and help them travel to non-ordinary reality to do some really deep frequency healing, because it's not enough to kind of overhaul your diet and put yourself through these treatments. We must understand what's going on with us. And I find that when we do that type of work and we have these big realizations and these emotional releases, like we're sick in our spirit and that sickness in our spirit seeps into our bodies. And so my personal thesis when studying human design was, Really looking at the environment variable Mm -hmm. and how we can get sick based on our surroundings and the relationships we have, the formless part of our experience, the culture we're immersed in, the family dynamic we're immersed in, the working environment, and the ways we were conditioned and maybe don't realize what's healthy for us. And when I start experimenting with people in this weird way, this fusion of like shamanic arts and looking at them formlessly, there's dramatic shifts that happen. I was working with um, a cancer patient who has stage four breast cancer and their rhythms of treatment when we were working together and kind of doing this work started to lessen. And breast cancer, you know, this, this particular diagnosis was like, you know, you've got this forever. You've got a 20 year life expectancy. We're going to kind of be doing these treatments, live your life as, as good as possible. You're like, you have a very, you can have a very high quality of life. You're just going to be for the rest of your life, having some type of treatment on some type of frequency. And so in the times that we were working together, their treatment schedule went down. So instead of it being so often it reduced And I thought that was a big win because Mm -hmm. it's so hard on the body when you're pumping it with these types of drugs and medicines to exacerbate Mm -hmm. cancer. And, you know, and, um, this person was also a second color. I see a lot of people with second colors become chronically or terminally ill. It's a very sensitive form, right? Like their body Mm -hmm. is very sensitive. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And, um, the rhythm of treatment went slow down so much and it went to a seasonal type of treatment which I was like, this is great actually in theory for someone who's a second color. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, and I then, you know as somebody who's ego authority um, led by the heart (laughs) it does make me wonder, you know like could we, if we really understood this could our bodies heal themselves in a way that we may not need the support of these types of medicines. Now that's not to disrespect these types of medicines chemo and radiation saved me. I have lots of respect for their and treatment has come a really long way, but what if we were never getting sick in the first place? And -hmm. that's where I think being proactive and understanding our bodies could lead us to the exacerbation of cancer because we're not going to beat it with chemo and radiation. We're still getting it. So why are we getting it? Are we getting it perhaps because we're getting sick in the formless part of our experience? And what does that mean? Well, when you're in an unhealthy relationship, let's say your mother is always in your ear, berating you, talking down to you, and you internalize that, and that becomes your inner voice, and you're always clenched. And here we know you're supposed to have this relaxed body, but your body can't relax. It's always like this. Well, what's going to happen in the form? What's going to happen if that kind of, if we're always kind of in that state? So I have found myself in this weird place on the roof. I don't know where <laughs> we're going, you know, but I've I've been really led into health and wellness, but I feel I always have to say, look, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
2: somebody who this happened to and that set my path. And I'm I happen to be brilliant at tracking patterns. And so that's I just kind of do that and then when I'm not hermiting, I try to find a way to kind of talk about it and be and be loud about it on the roof. First of all, I love your
1: explanation of processing light because I've always, I don't know the exact time I was born but it seems like it would be that um designation regardless if I move the time yeah um but I think that flexibility makes a lot more sense because I've never been on board with like eating at night or you know I don't, it was like I don't get this this doesn't fit mm-hmm. um so I like that more flexible translation of it but um I'm curious when you're looking at your own chart, do you see where you feel like your body was at disease to allow the cancer to manifest for you as a child?
2: I have uh, in my environment, a sixth sense and that's the touch sense and the touch sense can pick things up, pass it on. And this is a little bit, this is, this is a little bit of a story that you have to open your mind for here, but I feel like I'm in good company. For I'm her, here for it. For her yeah. open. <laughs> I, um, and I had this conversation with my mother. She slept next to a man for 19, nearly 20 years, and he passed away of skin cancer. This was my father. And after he passed away, I was 11 years old and I slept with her from probably 11 to 14. And, you know, in a way that's like kind of weird, like I was a teenager, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be co-sleeping, but I was traumatized and devastated. And I I think it makes sense probably why I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And she started dating and she kind of didn't come home sometimes and I'd still sleep in that bed. Like I just, I got, I had a, I got really kind of homesick after my dad passed away and I had a hard time, um, going to sleepovers. Like I was worried about my mom and my mom had to sit me down and be like, sometimes it's nice for mom to have some alone time, like go to the sleepover. And I was like, okay. But you know, I was just so worried for her. Mm -hmm. And at 16 is when we found I had a massive tumor in my chest and we caught it. I went through treatment. I'm in remission. I'm now an adult and my mom has another husband and they are sleeping next to each other. And I'm getting into human design. I'm very much encouraging her to like try some of the bedrooms and she's like, "Oh, love that. Love that. Would absolutely do that." And her husband started to have precancerous cells. And as I got older, I was like, "This is pretty weird that everyone who sleeps next to you gets sick." Now, don't take that on and make that into some kind of thing, but let's entertain the idea that you're really powerful, which she is. Um, She has touch cognition. So her body, you know, has that in the body. And she has a totally lit up G center, all these gates activated. And I'm open there. So I plug into her and like, you know, oh, she feels good to be around. And she had a very hard childhood that I started to kind of inquire around. She was abused and emotionally, physically, and just not, a good upbringing. She's also markets environment. She's a second color. And she felt really bad for one of her parents. You know, one parent was abusive parent. The other parent was like one of the kids. And through kind of talking to her, I found that she was had a lot of self-hatred and self-loathing from these experiences. And when we go to sleep, we're very vulnerable. We're so encouraged, like sleep in your own aura and stuff. And it got me wondering about what was going on in her body when she was unconscious and that self-hatred was emanating from her Mm. so much. So, and then you look and she's got this double touch sense, you know, or she's, excuse me, she's got touch sense in her cognition. Everybody who slept next to her had touch sense in their environment. So she's got it in the, in like inside, and this is like the environment resonance. So it's like passing on of energies. And the one who slept by her the longest died. The one who slept not as long, got really sick, cured it. And then the one who slept not so long and then had their own separate bedroom ended up having minimal treatment, had a surgery, didn't have to go through chemo and radiation. And all our cancers were in our undefined centers. That's where they started. So that was really what got me started. Like, this is weird. I'm going to look That's at so this. so
1: interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and I had this conversation with my mom not to make her feel like, oh, you're giving people cancer. you know what I mean? Like a very gentle conversation, but being like, perhaps we should talk about what's going on inside and how you feel. And you don't have to do things for everybody. And, you know, and, and just kind of having those, my mom's really great. You know, she's really, really supportive, of me really open. She thinks I have these wild ideas and she just lets me, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I think it hit her. I imagine that coming from me, she'd be like, holy, like, you know, and it just got me thinking about taking accountability for how good we feel or not good. Mm-hmm. And um I have a lot of mental energy, for example. And, and sometimes I'm up thinking at night and I think about like laying next to my husband. And if I'm not in good spirits and we're laying next to each other, like what am I emanating? What is he emanating? If I sleep with mm-hmm. my son, what am I emanating? You know, and it, it just got me thinking about what we don't know. About what we emit and what mm-hmm. uh, comes off mm-hmm. of us when we haven't restored our spirits and we haven't dealt with our shit. You know, you've come into contact with some people and it's like I just I gotta get yeah. away from them. They're yeah. fucking no. negative or mm-hmm. or right. whatever it is. You mm-hmm. know, or sometimes like what you're we around... emit
1: or what we receive.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and pay and paying attention to that. Your body right. is so attuned and smart. Like we have these brilliant bodies, but we're not fully connected to those abilities. We Mm -hmm. really have these crazy heightened abilities and we kind of dismiss them. You know, like I just had this sense and I don't know why, because you're Mm -hmm. fucking psychic. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're psychic. Um, And and I see that with inner vision people too, but they're often discouraged from connecting Mm -hmm. with that. And I find a lot of my work with others one-on-one is encouraging them you know, Mm -hmm. ego manifester. It's this encouragement to listen to your body, reconnect with your body. I do a lot on the personality side with with those variable, but I I really like um, PHS, primary health system, studying the environment. The environment variable is my favorite because that's where all the experimenting starts. What's going on around you? If you're not set up in a space, in relationships, in a world that supports you, There's nothing available for you to be nourished by. So you're going to become malnourished. The body is going to start to contort and do things and get these illnesses. And the sixth line, we really see once these people go on the roof, when they get to about 40, if they're not dealing with their shit, they get some kind of illness. Everybody Mm -hmm. does, honestly, Mm -hmm. but the sixth line kind of lives it out as an example of something. Mm -hmm. And so when we're not looking back and realizing, wow, I was mistreated and I don't deserve that or something of the sort. If my origin, my origin story was these parents who didn't get me or, or, forced me to do these things or whatever the case may be, no disrespect to them because they were likely not supported with what they needed. So they're not mm-hmm. even equipped right. to necessarily recognize you in the, in the way that you are. And so I get really passionate in human design about kids because this was originally for kids, and Ra Yuruhu was like, I got to figure out how to teach this to adults because they don't, they have to go through a whole deconditioning cycle before they can even pass this on to their mm-hmm. kids. So, so much of his work became about deconditioning, which is not what it was originally about. Mm-hmm. And so, he experimented so much with how do I get this information to people so it connects and resonates with them? Because we got to be raising our kids with awareness. Mm -hmm. And so I think anybody who is in human design and they have children, they can see variable easily in their kids, you know, Oh, I've got a cave Mm -hmm. kid. He's a little baby and he likes to be under his little blankies. Like they, it's so natural. It's not conditioned away. And then we can encourage that within them. So they have this heightened development. And in my theories, if we're doing that in a way that really supports the child, we may not become unwell. Our bodies aren't designed to be sick, right? Like they're designed to be well. So what's going on around us that we're not dealing with, or we're not aware of. Cause some people like, I remember asking my doctors, how did I get sick? And they were like, we don't know. This just happens to people sometimes. And my cancer and my dad's cancer were completely unrelated mm-hmm. and no relation, whatever. There was no cancer in our family. It was really a weird story. And I was pretty pissed off that that was the answer we don't know yeah. why this happens it felt mm-hmm. like that's where my drive kind of set in mm-hmm. and asking the questions and seeking out alternative perspectives to understand the body but there's so many people i work with now who are like doctors and nurses and they're very curious they're like this is there's something here that's weird you know mm-hmm. and so i i think it's um i think it's growing in in awareness but like what i'm talking about with variables very deep in the design i get that not everybody needs that or can go that deep but I also think like why not like (laughs) I feel like you
1: make the variables so relatable like whenever I see your posts on Instagram I'm like yes like my boyfriend is a cave environment he does not know anything about human design and like every space he is in charge (laughs) of is a cave (laughs) like this is crazy (laughs) like his office is like the curtains are drawn. He never uses the overhead light. He always just has little dark lamps around his desk. It's like, I'm like, it's
2: like hot and dark in here. What is wrong (laughs) with you? Here's why that's so amazing to know, because before I was studying this, I'm not proud of this. Okay. But I liked how I was, you know? And so like when my, when my husband would do something different, he'd be like, what are you doing? You're being ridiculous. Let's do this and, um, i I really started studying human design intensely after I became a parent because i, I it was I found it very challenging to be parenting at all. yeah, like I was parenting like, is so hard. <laughs> being in response to my child and then learning I was a manifester and that I would have to maybe approach it differently was very healing for me. Mm. And once I started kind of focusing on my child in that way, again, the sixth line you go on the roof. My, now I'm looking at my child. you know, this it really kind of came online for me. I no longer tried to put my shit on my boys. You know, mm. it was like, oh, you guys aren't shores. You're caves. Look at you being perfect. And mm. suddenly it was like this adoration for how they are, this recognition for them being themselves rather than me being like, no, eat the sandwich with these pickles on it. Cause it's good with pickles, but I don't like pickles, mom. No, but it's really, it's, <laughs> if you have the pick, it's not good. If you don't have the pickles, just try it. You know, and it, it really shifted the way I approach parenting. I, I think it is, I credit, you know, my relationship to parenthood in general, to human design and being able to just see people for who they are and not try to put my world onto them, you know, instead mm-hmm. get to know their world and what's healthy for them. I think that's where we go awry in our lives because we try to, this is, this is what I was taught. And so this must be how it is. I'm going to pass that on. And then you have the kid that that really doesn't work for, you know, or the two generator parents and they have the non-sacral kid and they're dragging that kid to everything. (laughs) And that, that kid's going to get sick or break an arm or something because they're just not equipped. Well, those two generator parents have all this energy. And they're like, what, we, we, this is here, my kid. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's your kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, is, what is your experience then with your kids and what you notice them and in them with their design? So I'm an MG. My boyfriend's a generator and my daughter is
1: a 6'2 projector. And like, I've learned and she's like, I'm just going to go chill in my room for a little I'm like, okay, cool. Like you're not being rude to not sit at the family dinner. You need a break. And totally. I feel like it's been really cool to Just watch it play out where, you know, she's not doing anything that we told her. It's just how she feels. And following that is cool. It's so tricky because kids will also be like, I want ice cream for breakfast every day. And you're like, obviously, we're not going to do that. And you should wear a coat in the winter. But like learning to (laughs) trust the things that they can speak to and like they do know for themselves is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, a little six, two kid can be a recluse, too. And it's fine for them like with it, with the second line body, that hermit body to force them out. Right. Again, they could get really hurt. They could like, they like, they know, but it's our shit, you know, it's like, well, it's not going to look good because my, my parents are here. And if they're not mm-hmm. out at the dinner, it's our shit. You know, when we yeah. have to be the ones to kind of be brave and champion our kids, she's not feeling well, she's going to go lay down like that. Yeah. When, when, When she gets older, that's going to come online even more, like way more recluse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. She loves you. She's just
2: like Mm -hmm. she needs some time. This dinner. Do you know know her? Do you know her environment? She's kitchens, Kitchens, right? Yeah, Yeah. kitchens. Okay, so she likes to be in it. Yeah, she likes to be in the. You know. But when
0: she's ready, like when they're here, she's like, Mm -hmm. okay
2: time to go Yep, yeah. <laughs> and maureen's like we gotta yeah. go <laughs> we gotta go that's beautiful though like that's that really like cute. that you can see that in the kid. support that in the kid like that's that's what human design is about it's for parents to mm-hmm. connect to their kids in the way listen to those say girls come out mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like you know? yeah yeah so that's really yeah. beautiful what is your child um my son's little caves mg okay pure so yeah belly sounds and my husband is also um my husband's a, a peer generator my son is a manifesting generator but they're both caves and i really notice like if it's not safe forget it like forget, forget it, it you know what i mean and they could live they could live in a totally blacked house blacked out house like curtains drawn all day and i gotta be like hey guys we have to let some yang energy and some sunlight in like opening the curtains all the
1: time you know we literally have this fight every day yeah i'm like can we open the blinds sometimes
2: like people will see in the house I'm like who no one's looking come on oh, okay my son though is um a two four like you maureen mm. and um as soon as it starts to get dark out, I'm like, okay, now we got to close the curtains because mm. I don't see people seeing it. And he just, you know, the story of the second line is like naked in the house and everybody can see them. That's my kid. <laughs> like he, the lights are on and the windows are open and he's dancing. I'm like, what, how could you not know that now would be the time <laughs> <laughs> to maybe protect yourself and close the
0: curtains. Yeah. Fiona, what Thanks about, so what about your kids? Yeah. My oldest is 14. He's a um, emotional projector, five, one emotional projector. He's also caves. Um, my middle one is a one, three splenic manifester. Ooh. So, so much fun because I didn't know about human design when they were born. And yeah. it was really funny. My grandmother used to come over all the time, but Dean is a mountains environment. So he would love to climb. And yeah. he would love to climb by himself. You couldn't help him onto the island. And that's where he liked to watch TV. And my grandmother, who is like this little old raisin, she's like, "Oh no, 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 my God. I'm like, "I." he won't let me help him. Like I, I tell him, I'll just stand behind you. I won't touch you. Like, you know, you get it. We want them to be safe,
2: right? Like We don't want them of to course, fall. But just of course. by knowing that he's literally trying to elevate himself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, and that's how he cool. is. He's
0: like, mom, I will never have a house that doesn't have stairs. Don't come mm-hmm. at me with these houses that are one level. I hate that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you do yeah. you boom, like whatever you Love want. And that. then my Love the baby, she's three and she's a four, one splenic projector. Whoa, four, one. Cool. Yeah, Super
2: rare. I know. Super so what rare. do you,
0: what do you see there? Oh, she is just so like, there is nothing more important to her than family. I also feel very lucky because, you know, it's like her little bonus life. I'm like lucky that she chose me to share her bonus life with. Um, She is so strong-willed and so strong-minded. Like you can't tell that chick nothing. I love that. (laughs) Nothing. She is the boss of everyone, everyone. Um, But she's just so loving and so sweet. And she's all about her family. Like She's just always singing. I love my mom. My mom is of my love. I love mommy. She's the best all day long, but it's melting just all day. Like she's yeah. so cute. So sweet. And um, yeah, alternating eating. So like very much my turn, your turn. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to sing this song now. You are not to sing. Okay. Now you okay. sing. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Do you
2: see that is such a perfect example. Do mm-hmm. you see how that is not about what she's putting in her mouth? correct. But it's the way she is digesting the experience. My yes. turn, your turn alternating. So mm-hmm. I loved when, when translating determination, I like to de-emphasize food and, mm. and make it about recognize that behavior. Cause we are ingesting life. We're ingesting experiences and we want to healthily digest those experiences. You know?
0: I, what really helped me too was um, like learning. Like for me, I do much better listening to two people have a conversation. I learned so much more from that than you just telling me steps me one through five. You know yeah, what I mean? Me like, yeah. it's just that really helped me understand my determination a lot more. Yeah. It's I would love to hear
2: from you then. you, It sounds like non-sacral kids, you know, All and you non-sacral. guys have sacrals. So Mm -hmm. what is that experience like for you? I'm the non-sacral parent with the sacral kid. And I find like, he exhausts the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) oh my God, I can't keep up with him. (laughs) And they want to, they can do things. I'm like, I literally need a nap before we go on. You're going to have to do this with your dad. And I feel really grateful that I have the generator partner who can, Mm -hmm. who can do those things. But I would love to hear the perspective of the generator parent with the non-sacral kids who could really amplify your energy and then really burn out. Mm -hmm. Mel, you wanna go first? (laughs) Well,
1: one of our original (laughs) debates that kind of prompted our podcast in the first place was this whole debate over laziness. And I was just like, yeah, my kid's sometimes lazy. She's like, you shouldn't say that word, it's shameful. And she's a projector, she just needs to rest. I'm like, okay, she can rest, but she could still be lazy. we had this whole debate. (laughs) And one of our big challenges is like, this kid won't clean her room, it's a disaster. Um, and so one of the things that I've been trying with lately is just giving her like a deadline, like it just needs to be clean by Sunday night so that we can start fresh for the week. And I told her about this too. I'm like, I'm doing this because you're a projector and you need to economize your energy. You're going to come up with a plan. She's like, okay, yes. I wish you just let me do this a long time ago. Mind (laughs) you, the room is still not clean (laughs) very (laughs) consistently. So it's a work in progress. But I feel like trying to work within like how her energy is working and what we need to have happen has been a cool thing for us to play with.
2: Now, do you resonate with your environment as someone who's valleys? Because I no. we have that, that question of birth. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> If, if I was translating this um, and I see that the birth time of 1430 to me, I then put that through a protocol because that's a high risk birth time. And I can see that in your environment, your valleys, but you have a first tone. So if your, if your birth time changes slightly, there's a chance that you could become mountains. Mm. And I would, I would, if I see a chart like this, I encourage people then to experiment with mountains and valleys and see which learn what you can about both. And then just observe yourself and notice what you're drawn to. Mountains people typically are really drawn to an elevated lifestyle. Um, we might have the kid who crawls on the counter, but it also might be like, no, I need certain like fabrics in my environment
0: or <laughs> oh, yeah. I need oh, like when he buys $200 shoes that I'm like, Dean, you just spent $200 on
2: shoes. He's oh, like, yeah, duh. You, that's, that's valid. <laughs> that's a mountains behavior. Like they, they certain things are beneath you. And Mm -hmm. so you can get really dragged down like into the kitchen and dragged into people's shit. And it's like, this is beneath me. I don't actually care about this. I have different values than Mm -hmm. this, this, you know, yes, you might like to live in a higher place or you might like two floors maybe like on a, on a primitive practical level. But when we expand from that, these are people who are really different types of thinkers. They really see the world differently because they have a different vantage point point. They usually are either singers or smokers or like there's something with the breath because you actually need less oxygen as a mountains hmm. person. The valleys person is really connected to the information sources on the ground, which is what ESPN, I was like, okay, like a journalism, you know that that kind of thing, or these kinds of areas where information is flowing is really good for these people for valleys but they also need to be really grounded. Like they need certain rituals where the mountain is up high. The valleys person needs to be on the ground, plugged into the source. Where is this coming from? I need to have my rhythms and rituals to keep me healthy. So I was thinking, you know, like making the bed every day or cleaning the room once a week could be a rhythm, a valleys rhythm. But also if you're a mountains person, it could be like, we need this space to be this way. Like it can't,
1: Yeah, uh, that definitely feels like that (laughs) resonates more.
2: (laughs) So, you know, you can look into both of these and then see which one you connect with. Because another big big thing is if you were to become a a mountains person, you wouldn't have an an observed environment style. You'd be relaxed in your environment. So right now, the way your design is shaken out, it's saying that you should be activated in the right space. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it were to change by a few minutes, uh, you might be, you might need to be relaxed in this, in this space. So hmm. the way that would change your, your activity levels, you know, or the way you would perceive them, you know, we think I've got to be action oriented, go, go, go. No, like sometimes we're here to really have a relaxed, slow paced life. And I've had phases in my life that didn't seem slow paced, but I'm i I'm a lazy potato. You know, I'm <laughs> the, key, the person who's supposed to be like, you know, chill and it's not that we can't move and do things, and it's just the way we go about it is different. It's like it's passive, mm. so I can't clean my room every day, you know, you know what I mean? But I've got it it's like down to a science now, where it's like, okay, we just have to make the bed, and the bed's in the middle of the room, so it's easy, and the pillows are here, and my generator will help me. You know what I mean? <laughs> But as a kid, you know, my mom gave me a really hard time too. She was a generator. She had lots of motors and she wanted me to clean that room all the time. And I literally just couldn't. And then I was getting angry and she was so frustrated. She would just go in and do it. Right. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't have to do it. Cause she's going to do it. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> yes, I cycle. resist Here that urge often. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> And, and as an MG, you know, you'll get frustrated, but you also get bouts of anger. Right. Like you can, and I was just, I was just hearing you. This was so funny. Like my kid, I make him make his bed every day. And I'm like, why do I do that? Like, but for him, it's like the ritual, like he needs the rituals and he, you know, he just got to do these things to kind of keep himself calm. And, but then he makes the bed like shit. You know, I'm like, this isn't a made bed. And then I hear my mom's <laughs> voice coming out, like, this is how you make the bed. And I'm like, oh no, it's happening to me. So yeah, like it's, it's, we can know these things about them, but we are also have to constantly be contending with ourselves. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so valuable to learn these things, like what, learn what you resonate with mm. and what you don't resonate with. And then you can kind of make these decisions in your life that better support you. Cause it's really all about the environment. Like if you're not in an aligned space and spaces that support you, if you're not in relationships that support you, again, there's nothing available to be fed by. So think mm-hmm. about that for our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing available for them to be fed by. Like if they can't sit up on the counter, they're not getting anything out of it. You know what I mean? And and that's yeah. like maybe one little example, but sometimes it could just right. be like a mountains person's laying down and sitting up can make them feel better. You know, mm-hmm. so it doesn't need to be something intense like that. Like climbing up on something. But you will notice like those are kids that go climb trees. A valley kid's not going to do that. A valley kid's going <laughs> to lay on the ground. Oh, look at the grass. Now they're going to behave differently. So a way that you could connect with that Maureen is just to like look at how you were as a child mm-hmm. and to naturally look at the spaces that you're drawn to now. And it will, as you experiment, what you're doing with every stretch, with every authority made decision and you're using your strategy, what's happening is your body is aligning itself to its environment. So you'll be able to see this play out in your life. If you just experiment, you know, you don't have this specific birth time. What do I do? If you mm-hmm. just experiment, you'll be able to reveal it to yourself. If you know what to look for, of course. Right. And for you, I would say definitely looking at valleys and mountains. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And how would you connect that? Cause I know,
1: I feel like it's so interesting to think of, you know, we're trying to live in alignment when you're out of it. It just makes us so much more susceptible to disease. And so trying to, you know, find the right path, the right vibration environment, everything for each person is so important. So how does that translate when you have multiple
2: environments in the house? Yeah, I'm asked this a lot. Like people are like, I'm on mountains and my kid is in markets and my husband is in kitchens and our other kids are shores. What do we do? <laughs> all all environments can be found everywhere all the time. So I started, I have a background in Feng Shui. And this was mm-hmm. because I wanted to understand the energy around us. That's a huge part of my work in human design. It's a huge part of my work in shamanism. And I started doing a lot of translations about like how to arrange your space for your environment. Mm -hmm. So like a kid could have their own bedroom. How would they want to arrange it? Um, You have a living room. How would you want to arrange it? And you just want to consider what everyone's environment is and give them some autonomy in some way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it might not be ideal for everybody, but it's more, it's more important for the parents because after you're in return, when you're in your thirties, you're no longer in the survival part of your experience. You're now in the awareness part. And so if you're like, well, my kid is mountains and I'm caves. What do I do? Always just focus primarily on yours because you're more vulnerable in that way. And then teach and educate your child about theirs. Mm-hmm. But if this doesn't need to be a, like a big thing. For example, you could have a toddler in their caves and you'll notice they'll scoot their bum against and they'll sit against the wall. They'll face the mm-hmm. room. They're not going to let you s- spook them. So all you have to do is encourage that behavior, right? right. And, and give them cozy little nooks and give them, you know, you have the shores kid, let them play their video games and get lost in that other world or let them read their books and get lost in that other world. You know, so it's not so much like you, it, we can't all live together in this space. Absolutely. Right. You can, and there's going to be other little plate. You'll, you'll notice everybody has their own little spots or their, you know, we have a really active, um, living room in our home and we all come yeah. together and play games, but we got a kitchen's kid and that kitchen's kid is making sure that we're doing that. You know what I mean? I have a house of, of hermits. <laughs> and so if we ever do something too like, we all do this activity and then, psh, we all retreat to these little spaces. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, my husband and I are both six, uh, two profiles. So we're both hermits. And I'm like, thank God we had a, a hermit kid. He, he's a two, four, because he gets this community mode with his fourth line, where he wants to be like in the community doing things. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is exhausting. <laughs> but the way I notice our, our hermit behavior different is um, as the conscious six line, I could be alone in my room. Like my body is alone, but I'm talking to people on the internet. And my mm-hmm. son likes to have his body as the fourth line body piled up around me and, and his dad, but he's playing his own games, not paying mm-hmm. attention to us at all. His consciousness is gone. So it's neat just noticing how it yeah. expresses differently. You know? Totally, mm-hmm. It's so fun to look at someone and understand them from that. Like, oh, you're doing that because you're this. It's right. It's like, yeah. you're so
0: accepting mm-hmm. of who they are. Yeah. It's so empowering. Yeah. And really, I feel like yeah. just the
1: acceptance itself is powerful to not be like, why are you so weird with all the lights off and you
2: have to sit in the corner? It's like, oh,
1: look at you sitting correctly for yourself. Great. And
2: and aren't you smart doing that? Right. Don't you have a smart <laughs> little body? I want to encourage that. I too am going to turn off the lights because I know you like that at that time. So that's mm-hmm. a totally different environment than mm-hmm. someone being like, turn on the lights. What are you doing? Right, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally shifts the formless energy in the space, the chi, if you want to study feng shui, the energetics between us, if you want to study human design and non-ordinary reality, if you're looking at it from a shamanic perspective, all these things are describing the same thing, that mm-hmm. connection between us that we can't touch those right. feelings that we get when mom comes into the room or dad comes into the room, Oh, you know, what is mm-hmm. that? Well, we should probably deal with that and understand that because every time we feel that discouragement or whatever the case may be, or, you know, I really can't open up to my sister because she just really doesn't get me what's going on there. And if you have the language of human design and suddenly you see, well, your sister is a splenic projector and she's mountains. And of course she's, you just give them that much more space to be themselves And you stop trying to turn them into another you narcissistically, you know, because of what's Mm -hmm. good for you. And I just find like, there's never been a chart that every chart I've seen, it's like exciting. It's like, ooh, they're this. What does that Mm -hmm. mean? Let's watch this (laughs) come alive but sometimes too, you might see a chart and it's like, oh, that's surprising. And mm-hmm. you see a rounded birth time. Like like for me at this point, I barely look at the definition anymore. You know, it's like, mm. okay, pure generator. What's going on under the surface? Oh, and it just gives you this, like when I saw two light eaters, I was like, oh, cool. Okay, cool. What's that about? <laughs> um, but even Maureen, you have, well, Fiona has a six color and a six tone. So that's very evolved. But if she was born a little bit later, she would all of a sudden go to a first color. So very mm-hmm. different. And Maureen, you're a sixth color with a fifth tone. So there's more likelihood that if you're born earlier, you're a left brain. This is so interesting. Your mm-hmm. variable could potentially all flip to, depending on the time you're born. Okay. So you would be you'd have a hungry brain, you'd have an active brain. Um, and you may not be feeling cognition. So when we're looking at the tonal depths. When I was saying it was sixth sense in the environment or feeling cognition, that's something that can change, you know, minute to minute, but mm-hmm. the color doesn't change as often. So that's why de-emphasize things like indirect, de-emphasize mm-hmm. feeling cognition at this time and just play with an experiment with what does it mean to be a light eater? What does it mean to be a valleys or a mountains person? And when I'm just kind of studying those things and opening up to those things, like, what am I noticing about myself? Now, I know just like Fiona has a little bit specific birth time. She's got 758. So to me, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't double check that. That seems really confident. But because you have that those pair of sixes, I would just calculate a little bit ahead to see when it changes. Because if it's 759, one minute later and it changes... And suddenly, you know, you're a first color. I'd be like, oh, I, I would experiment with that just to just to be open. Because mm-hmm. what if the clock was wrong in the birth room? You know what I mean? Right. Like, who knows? Yeah, could be anything. Who knows? And you'll see people too, like, oh yeah, she was born at 7.15. Like, that's just how we mm-hmm. pass on the information and people don't realize, actually, we do need to know if it's like 7.14 or 7.16 that could actually make a difference. So at this part of the study, if you're coming so strict with indirect and you don't necessarily right. have the birth time, you could be doing more harm than good, you know? And I can only eat at night. You're starving yourself through the day. Right. It's like, actually, that's <laughs> not good for you. You should be eating during the day or whatever. So yeah, I, I think, um, I think this would be something that could really change our health, like our relationship yeah. to our health, but also the health of the family unit, um, and the the health of the friend circle. And when we are aware of those different, the health environment in those different places, I do feel we would get less sick, even mm-hmm. like the common cold. I do, cause you think a splenic people, they get these hits, mm-hmm. now I don't wanna go there and they have no idea why. And they yep. go and they get sick. Yep. Like what was going on there? So if we just held the space for the fact that we have these incredibly brilliant bodies that were only scratching the surface of their abilities, I do think we're moving towards people who are mind readers and we're, <laughs> we're already there, you know, but mm-hmm. but we haven't kind of collectively accepted and agreed upon it.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's fascinating. We talked about so much. This hour flew know. by.
2: I'm like, oh, darn, it's <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> no, but so much valuable information and just a really great example of just digging in a little deeper you know, don't take everything at surface level. Like the theme I kept hearing from you is like experiment, 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 and truly understand your body. Cause we're taught in the society of our mind, you know, think this decision through and all those types of things, but it's like the power within our bodies is something that I think we're kind of stepping into and truly like with systems like human design, learning how to embrace and how to just navigate life in a new way, which is fantastic.
1: And actually trust yourself. Like if that feels wrong, that's a reason, you know, that's not and just crazy. imagine if you're encouraging
2: your kids like that, like imagine right. yeah. your kids, if it doesn't feel good for you, it doesn't matter if the teacher is saying that's what you have to do. Like, you know, and then stand yeah. by your kid in some of these things. And like, yeah, think of them, the, think of that generation, think of all the parents doing that with our, their kids and then what that gener- generation becomes. And Absolutely. even- even from like a developmental level like we learn about you know the way kids develop shuts down around age 3 but they have the potential to be cognitively developing until age 7 well that's going to create a different human you know mm-hmm. like that's going to create some different a lot of different abilities and so i just feel like it's so exciting this time we're going into and kids are really exciting and as you learn about this I wish more people knew about this. Like I wish everyone on the street was like, Yeah, I'm a manifester. Yeah, I'm a generator. <laughs> totally. like, if you yeah. even just knew that, <laughs> yeah, you just then know how to somewhat behave around each other. Yeah. Uh, ever since I kind of got a little bit louder in the human design space, I, I definitely led with I'm a six-two ego manifester. And I would expect people to know what that meant. And I would mm-hmm. kind of declare that because then I expect a certain type of um engagement or treatment or whatever. And I have to say in the beginning, kind of before I was doing that and I was operating more like a third line, I was crashing into things and it was really unpleasant for me. And as I started to kind of self-declare and people became more aware of what that meant, I don't feel misunderstood as the manifester. I feel that the human design specifically community gives me so much space to be how I am. And that has only made me more impactful in my work. And so mm-hmm. I can't really be my full self without the other accepting me in that way. And so to kind of make the declaration, like I expect to be accepted, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like just to kind of will <laughs> it out like that um, was so healing. It was so healing and for people to know, oh, she's, she's clearly hermiting, just leave her alone. And then mm-hmm. give me that space. Or I would get people DMing me or emailing me. I know you're hermiting. And I'm like, you do? How can <laughs> you tell? I didn't, I didn't tell me anyone. Like, yeah. You haven't posted in three months <laughs> or whatever the case may be, you know? Yeah. So I find, I know like in some parts of the human design community, people feel like, you know, I, I want to express myself and I feel like I can't because someone's going to come correct me or, uh, uh, uh. It's actually an incredibly accepting community. As you begin in the early stages of studying, there is that black and white thinking, that binary thinking, this or that, this or that. And we do transcend that. It does start to dissolve. Mm -hmm. And ultimately we do need more people in the space. Um, It doesn't matter if you get everything right, right away, or you say something wrong. You're just, you're in the process. We, We all go through that. Don't worry about it. Somebody could be studying strictly with international human design school, and they're still going to misspeak sometimes, heaven forbid, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so if we're all kind of recognizing, okay, well, they're at year two of their study, of course, you know, that's, they're, they're learning this, they're learning that we give each other so much more space. We give each other so much more grace and compassion. And if we knew each other's designs know it's, oh, she's being kitchen. She's just getting into it. Or she's desire yeah. motivation. She's just digging in. Let her do her thing. She's curious, you know? We don't judge each other in the same way. We're, we're so much mm-hmm. more accepting. And it, it makes me feel like I can sink back into that, The for me, the signature of peace. Because yeah. I feel like so much emphasis on the manifestor experience is like, deal with your anger. Well, actually, what if we came from the perspective of you're actually designed for peace? You're the only one designed for peace. So can you recognize the peaceful moments in your life? Do you know what peace feels like for you? Instead of so much emphasis on our not self, Mm -hmm, so much emphasis on your frustration, so much emphasis on your bitterness or your disappointment or your anger. What Mm -hmm. if we've emphasized the signature? How might the study evolve or expand? When I feel like when you're
1: applying this to health, like there's no topic that's more legitimate or valuable. I'm so So with you on that, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like this isn't just like oh mercury's in retrograde so my computer didn't load up like this is like <laughs> <Yeah>. real <laughs> yeah.
2: this is life or death in a lot of yeah. cases but it, okay, it is absolutely life or death yeah and i know that sounds like rah, but right you know f- from my experience that has proven to be true that's exactly what it has shown me if i'm not taking my health seriously and what i feel inside and the things that I'm not dealing with, the demons that I'm running away from, if I continue to run, they're going to catch up to me and it's going to be harmful. But if I'm brave and I turn around and I face them and I you know, reintegrate them into my whole self, I'm no longer this fractured spirit with aspects of me running around being ignored. I can be full. I can be reintegrated and not have these demons running around within. I love it. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Sure. You can find me at vanessahenry.com. That's where I kind of have my practice. If you're looking for secondary opinions, if you want to learn your variable or you want to do shamanic healing and explore what that is through sound healing, um, you can find me at vanessahenry.com. And I'm on a few social media accounts, though I don't actively (laughs) participate in all them all the time. Um, But you can find me on Instagram, threads, and Pinterest. And I have a YouTube channel where I like to make human design shows because it's a fun way to see information in action. And I have a show there called On the Roof and I've done some docu-series. One was called HDIRL, where I show people living their life and we point out their human design. Because so many people are curious about like, well, what does this look like actually? Mm -hmm. What does this look like in reality? And I find like, oh, there they are being that generator and you point it out. People go, oh, okay. When they can see it. So I do like to make some little shows. Um, I do like to sometimes say update my social media posts. But if you're really (laughs) wanting to um, connect with me, it would be to join my newsletter on my website, vanesshenry.com. And all my social handles, same thing. Vaness Henry, there's only one. (laughs) There's only one. (laughs) You'll find me. (laughs) I love
0: that. I've definitely um, done your like inner expeditions like way back when, a few years ago when you had... It was like a six month subscription or something. And I, I got it cause I was interested in the variables. And then I started doing the, the inner expeditions and I was like, whoa. Yeah.
2: I get, I get a lot of people with that because, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to be louder about that in 2024, my shamanic work, I'm going to have come online with a little bit more of a focus. Cause I always tend to tuck it in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find people are so impacted by that, by what their own inner psyche reveals to them. It's so impactful Mm -hmm. that it can even open them up to new spheres of health. So learning your variable, the variable is like the x-ray that I use to see what the potentials are in the body. But once we discover that, how are we transmuting what has gone on in the form? And so inner expeditions are like shamanic journeys Um, I'm a producer with my husband. We produce podcasts and we do kind of sound shows together. And um, we like to play with music to help people move into non-ordinary reality. So if you do things like timeline jumping or meditation, you would have a good, an easy time with this, but it Mm -hmm. is tricky for some people. It's another, it's a tool to learn, right? You have to kind of trust your imagination. It's a healing of the imagination because if we can't imagine something, we can't manifest it. So how can we fall back in love with your own imagination that was typically shut down when you were a child because you were told it was useless in some way. And so when we illuminate the mind in that way and you identify inner demons and you re get reacquainted and you reintegrate them into yourself. Like, how do we do all that? Right. That's what I do with inner expeditions. So yeah, it's great to hear that you participated in that and that it had an effect on you. Yeah. I really appreciate hearing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this has been a joy. Thank you again so, so much. We are so grateful. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Excited to see what you get up to next. Yes. Yes. For sure. Because I've watched all your shows and listened to all your things. And I'm just Thank obsessed you. with you. It's great. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, ladies. Thank Thanks. you. Oh, you got your snuggly robe on? Still in my robe. Yes. <laughs> I was just organizing my pantry because we had a little visitor. Oh. A.K.A oh i forgot to check if the elf moved do you think the elf messed up your pantry no it was definitely a mouse <laughs> we definitely had a little mouse visitor Ew. and so yesterday john emptied the pantry and like wiped all the shelves down and did all of that and Devin was fascinated that there was a mouse and so all she talked about all day long Ew. Should sure, I look at pictures and understand? Wait, did you
1: see said mouse or just evidence of him?
0: I didn't, but John saw him. Where was he? John saw him on my kitchen counter <gasps> with a pizza crust trying oh. to gr- drag the pizza crust. <laughs> oh,
1: I know that they're like harmless and we are bigger than them and whatever, but like, I, mean, they're I kind fucking of hate cute. them.
0: No, they're kind okay. of cute. Like one time... We had a cat like at my parents' old house. I had adopted this cat when I was in high school, but then it ditched me. It really fell in love with my brothers. Like she used to meow Roy at his door at like four in the morning. She'd be like, Roy, like if he didn't let her in. (laughs) Okay. So as she got older, she went a little blind. Mm -hmm. And One time there was like a mouse eating out of her food bowl with her (gasps) there. And she was like a barn cat. She was scrappy. And my mom was like, she was like, this fat little mouse is just there like eating. Poor
1: cat. What was the cat's name?
0: Kiki. Kiki?
1: R-I-P, Kiki. Um, So John saw your yeah. mouse trying to eat a pizza crust. Yeah.
0: And then I was like, okay. But like we live on the lake. It's getting cold. Yeah. Like it's just the time of the year. What's Jackson
1: gonna... doing? Don't they
0: scare them no. away? No. Come Mm-mm. on. They don't care. Because like Jackson can't see up on the counter. Yeah. I mean, he can sometimes when we're not home. I'm sure he's trying to get up there because he's. Yeah, he's like, as that's bad my as pizza a mouse. crust. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I fucking hate mice. Well, I'm sure Wolfie does not let any mice hang. I try
1: to keep him, you know, fresh in his skills and play with him so he'll <laughs> attack things. <laughs> but my old cats were useless.
0: Were they? I mean, they, they didn't might care. have
1: killed them but they didn't scare them back out and Mm. when Maggie was really little so my last house was like 100 years old
0: it barely had insulation actually I don't think (laughs) it had insulation it was like camping my my house that was 100 years old did not have insulation
1: there was like wind in the living room (laughs) anyway believe it or not sometimes there were mice and I really hate them and I Like, I'll have, like, a full body shutter if I have to take one out, even if it's dead. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And so one day we came down into the living room, dead mouse on the floor. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) but Maggie was like, probably Devin's age, like three or four. I didn't want to scare her and, like, give her all Mm -hmm. my phobias. Mm -hmm. So she's coming downstairs and I was like, okay, just a heads up. It seems like there was a little visitor. There's a little mouse in the living room. I'm not sure if it's sleeping or it might be dead, but no big deal. Meanwhile, I'm texting my mom, like, can you please come over and save me from this dead house? I can't touch it. I can't get close to it. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, I will. But you're a grown up. And so Maggie's like, oh, okay. And so she wants to have a look. Can I look at it? I was like, Yeah, but don't get too close to it. So she walks over and like, Oh, this is working great. I'm not transferring any of my fear to her. (laughs) But then I like had to go stand in the kitchen and watch her from there because I didn't want to be that close. (laughs) And then she got much closer than I would prefer, and she was like, Wake up, Elsie! Finally, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, Okay, that's close enough. We gotta go. Come on. oh my was god he's like what he's cute I'm like i know they're cute and they're <laughs> disgusting <laughs> so i'm sorry you have a visitor
0: well he's gone but okay his remnants were live on taken care of <laughs> yes they were taking to wipe everything down yeah. like a whole to-do i'm like oh. anyways fun times <sighs> yeah so Oh my gosh, Vanessa! we're talking about Vanessa. I know.
1: I'm so obsessed with her. I love everything (laughs) she does and says. Okay, listen,
0: I was very obsessed with her, right? And I like just YOLO'd. I was like, I'm just going to email. Like she probably is busy. She's probably going to say no. And then she said yes. And first of all, I screamed when I got that email. I screamed. And then now that I like talked to her, I was like, oh, I love her just as much as I thought I would. Right. Like even so more like amazed. she didn't disappoint.
1: Yeah.
0: Even a little bit. Like, like how
1: can people our be so cool? Listeners should know. Like, we made a wish list when we first yes. thought of this
0: podcast and yes. she was on it. And we got yeah. to talk to her.
1: <laughs> like,
0: what I is this? I'm like, do I need a new wish list? Like, now what? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Uh, we and should do she that today later. We said so
0: much, uh, so much interesting
1: so stuff. And yes, we didn't even talk about the fact that we, both know Rachel
0: oh I'm like what? didn't even talk about that I've totally forgot and... okay oh, right. here's another thing okay what tell me
1: <laughs> well I was just gonna say what you were saying when you and I were just talking the other day about how mm-hmm. we were does thinking she know she's psychic? questions yeah, yeah you were like does she fucking know she's psychic and I was thinking <laughs> the same thing because I would think like Oh, I wonder how this applies to kids. And she was like, "Well, you know what this really is about is how it applies to kids." And I was like,
0: "What?" I just thought that. <laughs> I could tell because I could see in your face. I was like, "Oh, Mo has a question." Like I've learned yeah. <laughs> to read your face a little bit, and and then she would just say Answer it, and I would it. see you be like, "Oh, damn!" She just like pl- she was plucking the questions yes. from our brain. So that's, that's our amazing. question, us, If you're still listening, <laughs> do, you <know laughs> tell your us, do you know you're psychic? Do you know your psychic? Because we are aware. Because you now. are. surprised. Um, you are. It was fascinating. We've had a lot of people on here talk about um, the emotional body and illness and things like, like that, but never broke it down in the way she did. I thought it was such fascinating insight.
1: Yeah. Super and to speak
0: of like her own experience, you know, a lot of people like get hung up. You get sick or you get, and then you, so identify in a way that like, kind of spirals you down but she really took that and empowered herself to help others mm. which i thought was fascinating
1: um she said some stuff that i didn't quite understand which are the second colors
0: what does that mean she said they tend to be more sensitive it's like anything that has a two line like a two
1: like the little numbers on the sides of your chart at the point whatever numbers
0: yeah but if you're looking you may not have access to it you have to have a genetic matrix mm-hmm. um like pay for the subscription
2: because you'll see
0: like an arrow and then below it, it'll have like a little triangle with a number and then a little circle with a number. And so like if your environment is a market's environment, that's a second color environment. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. What are the other second color things?
0: They're going to each variable has like each for each area goes arrow? one through six yes okay. each area arrow has one through six okay and so she was talking about the second so okay. i don't remember them off the top of my head don't put me on the spot like that oh, all right <laughs> okay here's my update okay nobody knows what time i was born you got the long form and no okay, okay. so you're...
1: i i requested the long form yeah. i will keep you posted when that arrived okay it has not okay. arrived yet
0: Because you have
1: once requested. Well, I got my regular birth certificate to make sure Mm -hmm. I got a copy from the hospital and it did not have the time. It only had Mm. parents and date and location. Okay. So we know that we have the location, right? And the date. Jeez. Great. I would hope so. But my dad's doing all this like genealogy research. And I was like, I don't even know what time I was born. Thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we were trying to walk. I'm like, was it light outside? Was it dark? Did you just have dinner? Like, do you remember any details of anything?
0: It, Weren't so- you their first born too? Yes. Yeah. No, nothing.
1: Well, we search what day of the week it was. I was born on a Saturday. So he's like, mm-hmm. okay, I feel like I was working at Seven Eleven, doing like the midnight shift but it's like i think your mom called me while i was at work but i don't think i left because like there wouldn't have been a backup person really he's like so we probably didn't go to the hospital till the morning i feel like it's probably in the afternoon to evening we might be Mm. narrowing it down my mom Mm -hmm. had thought 2 30 or 3 30 but she certainly doesn't know the minute Mm. who knows so right Stay tuned. But I did do some research to see how the minutes change with different environments. And Mm. it seems like every minute of that day is a valley's
0: environment. Interesting. So I really feel more like a mountain, but it seems like- Have you tried to like experiment a little with the valley? Have you done any of the things? How would I test it? So- I mean, Vanessa has some great content. So like in her blog or even on her Instagram, she'll be like tips for valleys. Mm-hmm. Like try this, try that. Like, have you tried any of the valley things that she has ever suggested?
1: I don't know if I've tried them so much as just read through and seeing what feels like, oh yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I had a purse tree. Because she was like, one of the things you can think about is how you play it as a kid. Because that's like yeah. your environment will come out naturally. I strung my little blanket in the tree and I hung up all my little purses around like ornaments. And I will just go hang out up
0: there. and <laughs> That's really I was adorable. like,
1: oh, I must be in mountains because I like the tree. I never just laid
0: on the ground. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen you like sit on the floor either. No. I don't like <laughs> you down there. I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, it kind of brings back to what she was talking about, like the nine non-binary aspects, you know, like kind of like astrology, even though I'm a Libra sun, I still have every other aspect in my chart, you know, the same is true with human design. Like we may be prevalent in one part, but we still have everything kind of running through us. At least that's my take on it. Cause it's like energy. Right. Who fuck knows?
1: Right. And I liked how she had related to her high sound environment, Mm -hmm. um, because Maggie is sound also. Yes. And, Isn't Adam
0: as well? I feel um, like they were both the same. could have made that up.
1: John I, is high sound. I know John is. Adam might be too. I don't remember. Mm. But Maggie also drinks huge volumes of water every day. Mm. Like she just mm-hmm. like crushes water in
0: her little Stanley all day.
1: I was like, <laughs> oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. We were talking about like John loves to just like have a, a big mouthful you know, mm-hmm. like grapes, mm-hmm. like a handful of grapes. I'm like, do not let Devin see you eat <laughs> grapes like that for the love yeah, of that. Choke. <laughs> He's like, I just like when my mouth is full. I'm like, that's so weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but also likes to feel like full things like that. So it's really so fascinating. I know it is fun. Mm-hmm. Have you, how do you feel about like indirect? Cause we were talking about that a little bit during the episode.
1: Well, I think one thing that's interesting that you and I have talked about is feeling resistant to like only consume one thing directly. Mm -hmm. So like it feels comfortable to like watch a show while you eat lunch or Mm -hmm. do an activity while you're watching a movie or something. And um, one thing I like about human design is that it kind of validates whatever thing you're feeling so like a lot of the common recommendation would be like mindful eating like Mm. sit and think about and appreciate each bite and you know digest it in that way consume it in that way and it's like mm, it doesn't make me feel a little uncomfortable like putting that much focus on it and I get that probably shouldn't just be like snacking away not thinking about it in my car Mm. but there's maybe a balance for embracing the indirectness without just like being mindless
0: yeah that's why i like to have my meals or my snacks kind of planned out for the day because it allows me to be a little mindless without you know instead of just like sitting with an open bag of chips it's like okay i know like this is what i like to eat for breakfast or lunch or whatever it's already kind of planned and then i could just still continue i can pick at it like i like to without feeling like oh my god i just ate a whole bag of chips and right I'm not hungry, but I also ate no nutrients. I do also
1: like how she was kind of branching that out into like a bigger sense of what, Mm -hmm. how you consume information and everything, because, you know, like I love listening to podcasts because I can do that while I'm driving or while I'm going for a walk. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to like sitting and watching something and trying to like process that information that way, like I never watch YouTube. I don't, yeah. Get it like I don't like it, you know. Yeah. So I think that's part of it cuz you can be like doing something and consume it indirectly that way.
0: Yeah. Well that's like we are more passive beings like John's more an active. So he if he's listening to a podcast like he literally will be just like standing still
2: for mm-hmm. like 20
0: minutes i'm like are you okay he's like oh shit <laughs> like he literally can't do two things at once like yeah. he can't multitask That's um funny. another thing i thought was really interesting i had never thought of this was how she was talking about like inspiration and like the the light being like what inspires you so that mm-hmm. i thought to be really interesting interesting when i like slowed down and i was like oh that is so true. Like I wanted to watch a documentary the other night, and I was like, I just want to feel inspired, so I'm gonna watch this documentary for inspiration. What'd you watch? I watched Taylor Swift's documentary, Miss Americana. Mm. Have you okay. seen it? Um, is it new? Because I watched one of her old ones, but I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember. I didn't. I didn't check to see when it came out. Mm. Did you feel but inspired? She, there were two. Okay. Yeah, this um, one I watched I, was like a
1: couple of years ago.
0: Hmm. This one. Uh, listen, I'm not like a Swifty per se. Yeah. I just don't really resonate with her music, but I've always found her very, I know I've always found her extremely talented and so hardworking. And I'm just like, I love what she stands for and what a great um, role model she is for young girls and things like that. So I was like, okay, let me watch this. And it was fascinating. Also looked up her human design while I was watching it. And it's fun to kind of see that she's a five-one projector. So yeah. it's cool to be like, to hear her be like, oh, I was so bitter about this. And you're just like, yep. And she's like, so this is what I did instead. And like, yeah, they're just like little examples like that. So it's really good. And then yesterday I saw the Beyonce movie. Oh, How was it? <laughs> just cried the whole time. Oh, you did? <laughs> Tiff and I went together and the two of us were just bawling. <laughs> is it
1: in the theaters
0: right now yeah oh. you want to go I'll go see it again it was okay. so good did you feel uncomfortable no good. I've just been crying I'm like a leaky faucet now I turned it on now I can't turn it off I don't, <laughs> I don't know once what to you do.
1: open that <laughs> box
0: you can't put it back I think I'm getting my period so it's a little extra okay but fun. it was really good because like it showed a lot of our concert footage but then a lot of behind the scenes which was really cool did and you look up her chart I know she's a generator. I
1: forget. I thought she was an MG. Yeah, this says she's a one three Manny Jen. Oh. Um, But it is interesting to see how different Taylor Swift's chart is versus Beyonce's chart. Yeah. And fun because it's not like, oh, one type is destined for fame and riches or something.
0: I know. It's like anybody can do whatever they want. It's just about you know, living in alignment. That's been our whole thing. Okay, hang on. Okay. No, I got one three generator. Oh, well, well, well. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'll go with you to the movie and cry. So good. I don't even know why I get so emotional when it goes. I cried at her concert too. Yeah. No, That's cute. It's so good. It's just so powerful that I'm like I can't do anything but cry. Right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, what are so. I thought that was super interesting when Vanessa was talking about open or undefined centers being mm-hmm. points of vulnerability mm-hmm. around, you know, particularly around auras that have some unhealed trauma. Mm-hmm. And so what are your thoughts when we think about like our kids being around, I don't know, mm-hmm. grandparents or people that have stuff I'm just trying to think, how do you like shield them from that stuff?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I would say our undefined centers are open centers. We are just constantly receiving. That's why they can be a little vulnerable because they're just open. We're just taking in everything around us, but that's how we're designed to be. You know what I mean? And I think as parents, we want to be able to protect our children at all costs, Mm -hmm. right. To like always guard them and do what we can to keep them in their like little bubble, but they have their own things that they're here to learn. You know, like I'm a person of like, we all have soul contracts. Part of my soul contract is the trauma I went through as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I came to here to be and to learn. And as parents, we're not really meant to shield them from every single thing, but like, maybe we give them the tools to help them and to to, to give them the language around like, Hey, does that like emotion feel like your emotion? How, like, what are mm-hmm. you feeling? Like talking about these things to know, like I have an undefined solar p- plexus. If I come home and I'm like, oh, raging, like, where is that rage coming from? Is it something I'm truly rageful of? Mm-hmm. Or was I someone with someone who just like suppresses a rage? So now I'm amplifying it.
1: Mm-hmm. And maybe just honoring them when yeah. they are like, resistant to being with different people or wanting to have their mm-hmm. space or something. Yep. Yeah. So interesting. I love it. It's so
0: interesting.
1: I just want to have a weekly call with her.
0: I know. Um I did play around with my birth time a little bit too because mm. remember she was saying like because I have the double six. Yeah. But it changed at like 850 it went to the two ones and then and then I like backtracked and went earlier and it was like 7.45. So I don't think the the clock would have been off by that much. Okay. You know, I think a minute or two, I would have been like, oh, shit. But then my arrow also changed to left instead of right. And I was like, that is definitely untrue for me. What would I that not, mean? I just less passive, more yeah. active. I'm like, I'm not. No. Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, there were certain times in my day that would change to from an mg to a generator or to a three five instead of a two four i was like hmm. I yeah i get attached I to changed. any identity but i'm like this doesn't really feel
0: like <laughs> i also went from a six two to a three six and i was like i don't i don't think that's right for me <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at now john texted me the elf has not moved uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> Maybe
1: the mouse scared him.
0: <laughs> do we have any other updates? No, that was it.
1: Okay. Um, other updates. Oh, I know what our other update is.
0: What? We have a website. Oh, we do have a website. Yeah. So go now, check it out. Check it out. Yep. It's
1: mysticallyinclined.com
0: it mm-hmm. W if you don't some know how more to use the stuff. internet. <laughs> Do you, I never put www. No, for I the know record. that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have to say that. <laughs> I'm going to be adding some more things like we're working on a book list of all the mm-hmm. books that we've talked about during our, you know, podcasting episodes, podcast episodes, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so we're going to put together a little list so you guys can like shop that list, which I think will be fun. I'm also going to change up how we do book club. I haven't fully told you yet, but I'll oh. tell you later today. Okay. Well, we'll all have to stay tuned for
1: that, (laughs) but I think mostly you can sign up for the email list on the website. And so that's a good way to stay updated. What's going on.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So all good, fun stuff. We'll have a new, uh, I can't believe like it's December. I know the year's coming to an end. We have some really great guests, Vanessa being one of them. We have a couple more for this month Mm -hmm. and then January comes and we're in a whole new year. So, so exciting.
1: We're almost at the year anniversary of when we had our original lazy debate.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's right. (laughs) That's right. How fun. So good job.
1: Yeah. Who knew a year from now we'd be
0: waking up and chatting? Love it. And talking to Vanessa Henry. Get out. I
1: know. I know.
0: (laughs) And if you have made it this far before we sign off, make sure you're following us. Please share with a friend and also just a big thank you for listening. Yeah. All right. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.